Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. Welcome to Stacking Slabs, a show that shares stories to help you become an educated sport car investor and maximize those gains. I am Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card investor, and collector, and professional wrestling fan. I gotta say, I'm a little refreshed right now. So I just got back last night as I'm recording this from a week-long vacation of doing absolutely nothing. So we drove, it was about 12 hours, I guess. From Indianapolis up to Nisswa, Minnesota. And on the way up, we had a pit stop in Eau Claire. Shout out to Eau Claire. I love that place. We usually spend summers there. We go to music festivals there. We actually stayed at the same Holiday Inn we normally do. Very, very nice. But it was a nice pit stop. And then we kind of the next day jumped in the car and finished it out. And it was a Lake vibe, cabins, just sit around, smoke cigars, hang out, just relax. I think my wife and I needed, her family was with us. It was great. It was really motivating just to kind of get out of the house while also staying safe. We definitely kept to ourselves. I think the cabin environment was nice for social distancing. There wasn't anyone else really around us. But yeah, it was nice to reflect. We had been stuck in our house for so long. So anytime you do that, it's really fun. But the one thing I couldn't get away from, I tried to get away from work, you know, shot a few emails here and there. But the one thing I couldn't get away from was the hobby. But that was okay, because I think this is something I'm certainly passionate about. I didn't really want to let a week go by without jumping in. I think it was important to me to make sure that there were episodes of Stacking Slabs that were recorded. I definitely misfired. The episode on Wednesday came Tuesday. That was just a complete user error by me. That won't be normal. But if you did like it on Tuesday, let me know. I don't know. As I was thinking about it, I kind of scrambled and I, I woke up from Minnesota and I had people responding to the giveaway. And I was like, how are people already responding? And I realized that the episode had gone live, and it was just basically because I put it in the wrong date. But let me know if you, what you think. We were doing Wednesdays and Fridays. It's going to stay like that unless you know I hear otherwise. I looked at the numbers on it. You know, nothing changed. I was a little concerned that numbers might go down. Numbers actually had gone up a little bit. So yeah, that was, hopefully you all enjoyed the content from last week. That was important to me to keep it running, staying consistent, making sure that I'm continuing to add value to the community. And the other thing for me too, was it it gave me some downtime where I could actually put some thoughts together on things that I were thinking and trends that I was seeing and buy, sell situations. It made me very, very thankful of that time that I had. So I think I've uncovered so many opportunities. And I think with so many opportunities, it can certainly be overwhelming. I find that as a roadblock for me in the hobby where I am very passionate about basketball and football and seeing trends and identifying talent and investment opportunities, but you can't do it all. And I think that's the really difficult part. And that's the one thing that I'm trying to coach myself up on and and get advice is just to how to stay focused. And I think 
that's the name of the game and it's just focusing. I hear people that I really appreciate and admire and they're very limited when it comes to the guys that they're talking about investing in. And I think that's probably more right than wrong. I talked about the different tiers of long-term, mid-term and kind of those flip guys. And I think that's important. But as I'm thinking about mine, I'm considering how do I make it even more tighter and go deeper in the areas and, and maybe spend a little more on some bigger players. So I think that's kind of what came out of vacation for me. I was relaxed, but I also have some thoughts together on how I'm approaching the hobby right now. And there's no right answer, but I think there's always ways that we can evolve our thinking to identify opportunities to uh, that align with our passions. And I think p- that's the best one of the best places to jump off. I think one of the observations I've been making with hobby content in general, it's, you know, people that are forcing like cards first and it's all about cards, you know, that's fine. And I think there's a lot of people that do that and give their analysis on picks and cards and this and that. You all know my opinions on some of that and how I think intentions might not be great across the board. But I found for me, like the best flavor of hobby content for me are those conversations that are about sports. And then the card conversation exists. And I think finding those conversations are probably, that's probably if you're navigating and trying to figure out what you should or shouldn't listen to. I think people that are leaning into the sports portion and then kind of direct the conversation towards cards is probably more right than wrong. That shows that the people behind those conversations can sit at a table and chop it up about a player or team or sport. And if you can prove that you can do that and actually sound like you've got an interesting opinion and you've done the work, then the card portion should just become um, one of those things that you can dive into after that. So that's what I found. And I listened to some, I listened to so many podcasts, YouTube videos while I was on vacation. So that was one of my observations. I'll share some that I dug into definitely in the content shout out. But I think we all should be really, really excited right now. It is incredible that as I record this, I think about it. Tomorrow, the NBA is back, baby. Wow. What a hell of a hiatus. And man, you know, the card market, it, it definitely picked up during this hiatus. And it'll be interesting. I think I'm optimistic and bullish on the market in general for so many different reasons. But I'm very, very fascinated on the growth and the trends that exist once sports are back. I think it'll be interesting to try to figure out if the sports cards just fill the void of sports for, uh, fill the void while there was a hiatus in sports for some people, or if people are here to stay in the hobby. I hope people are here to stay in the hobby. I think just a, a measuring stick that I always, I like this question. And Chris from House of Jordans, when he's doing his interviews, he always asks the question of, I think it's, if you can pick one thing first, what is it, sports or sports cards? And it's just those responses to those that question is always fascinating to me. More or less, people like, people say, you know, sports cards, they prefer, but it's always because of sports. It's so intertwined. And I think I'm excited about just the investments I've made. And now that the playoffs are starting, what's going to happen to them? Like, Obviously, Jason, a guy like Jason Tatum, he's been on a freaking rocket ship recently. I mean, it's crazy. It's not crazy when you think about 
him from a situation and a skill perspective. I mean, this guy is the real deal. He's on a team that can make some noise, but his cars have seen so much substantial growth. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, we've got these eight games before the playoffs even start. What happens to cards during those eight games? What are we seeing? Like, are people rising? Who knows? Like, and I think that's so exciting. But I think for me, as just a fan, I'm just so freaking excited. I don't care how how you cut it. The fact that the NBA is back and guys are going to be on the floor competing, like I don't care what the environment is. That is entertainment to me, and I am so freaking excited. You can turn to tomorrow if you're listening to this on launch day and think about the two matchups that we got. It is wild. All right, a quick edit here. I think I still have vacation brain on when I recorded this episode. I got so excited about the NBA returning, I started to talk about it like it was happening this week. Unfortunately, I just found out that I was off a week. I'm kind of bummed. I was wondering why there wasn't more conversation and buzz happening since it was the week of the NBA. Now I know. So you're going to hear me talk like the NBA is happening this week. It's not. We all know that at this point. But just imagine, it's only a week away. Enjoy. Okay, so we've got the Jazz, right? The Jazz, my read on the Jazz is this. I think, obviously, they've overcome just so much adversity in the corona situation, being kind of like at the leading edge of that, like from a national perspective, which is completely wild and insane. I think the Jazz, like when the season was forming, they signed Conley and they got Bogdanovich from Indiana. I really assessed and looked at their starting five. And I know it's changed a little bit from what I thought it was going to be. But I thought, you know, this team is one of those sneaky teams. And I know there's a lot of flash out in the West. But I think the Jazz are certainly a team that could be in the Western Conference Finals and compete. I think as the team has played. To me, it has been a. I had really, really high expectations for them. They've been slightly under my expectations because I think there's been Conley just trying to mesh. Um, you know, Bogdanovich got hurt, figuring out rotations. I think, you know, you've got Gobert, you've got Donovan Mitchell. Who knows how long that relationship is going to last? I think the Jazz are invested in Donovan Mitchell as their guy for the future. But they're a really, really good team going into this bubble situation. And I think I'm very, very curious on what's going to happen with the Jazz post this adversity. I think they're a team that's very sound. And it'll be, they're a team you not you don't necessarily want, want to play when you enter the playoffs. But I went on that long diatribe about the Jazz. But you got the Jazz and they're playing the New Orleans Pelicans, okay? And you've got this Zion situation where it's like Zion left the bubble to go deal with family matters. Totally fine totally cool. I think I saw a lot of chatter about Zion's cards and the way people were talking about him was about, you know, well, what happens when he gets his first windmill dunk? What happens if they win a game or two in the bubble? What happens if they do go make playoffs? Blah, blah, blah. I think with a guy like Zion, for me, I don't look at it on a day-by-day, play-by-play, week-by-week, whatever basis. To me, it's as long as this kid is on his feet and staying healthy and looking swole in that mask, I'm holding on to my Zion cards. Like I'm blocking out everything else that happens, even if his like prism, let's say that just the complete hypothetical, let's say Zion just comes back, is available for the 
Jazz game, puts up 30 and, and 12, three blocks, wills the Pelicans to beat the Jazz, just puts the squad on his back. He they win seven of eight, let's say, and let's they end up making the playoffs. Like that Zion Prism 10 that everyone's like, this card is so overproduced right now. Like there's so many on the pop report PSA 10 right now. That card could easily jump to $2,000, let's say, I'm still holding. And I think that's just my mentality is because I think he, as long as he's on his feet and playing, he's a generational player and talent. I'm not a person that's going to look at just little things that are happening on a day-to-day basis when it comes to him. I'm holding on to him very, very tightly. So you've got the Jazz and Pelicans kicking it off. What a matchup. So much hobby chatter to go into that one. But then, you know, in the main event, you have something that when I got prepared for this episode and I was looking about how I allocate my times time this week and watching all of the games, of course I'm going to watch that Jazz Pelicans game. It's mandatory, especially if Zion's playing. But boy, could you get a better main event on night one? The LA showdown. Clippers versus Lakers, as I'm talking about it, I'm getting goosebumps right now. My goodness. This is what I'm talking about, everybody. This is the chance to see the potential Western Conference Finals in the first night that the NBA is back. Good Lord. How telling is this matchup going to be? How much can we read into this matchup? Who knows i mean you have so much to think about from these teams are forming they're in a bubble like what are we going to see what's the end product going to look like i don't really care i'm going to sit there and i'm going to get entertained i can't wait you've got Kawhi leonard who is just always so damn quiet i mean he is certainly one of the best players in the nba people could argue him as the best and i'd sit there and i'd listen but he's got these two titles you know the one in san antonio and the one last year and no one is even really talking about this kid and how he might sneak in there and win a third with another team it's very possible. I think this is something we all need to consider. He's got his best wingman with him in, during this one with uh, Paul George. I mean, the Clippers are legit. And I think Kawhi Leonard's someone who I'm going to want to watch. I think his silver prism, I think maybe it was a House of Jordans episode that they were talking about it or something. I get all the content I'm watching mixed up, but it had, I think it was Card Ladder, actually. I saw that it was, went up, it's a copy of PSA 10 Silver Kawhi Rookie sold for $20,000, which is absolutely crazy, but not really. I think the, his prices are still, I think there's room for growth, but they're still little undervalued. I think the market started to catch on to this. It was one of the things I was seeing is load up on those Clippers Kawhi cards because if this kid can win one, those cards are going to jump, jump, and keep jumping. So I think that's something interesting. But then you look at the Lakers, who I've talked about the Lakers. I'm just a LeBron guy. I've got the Lakers winning the championship. I'm not the only one. I understand that's not a that's not a like crazy take or anything. That's a pretty safe take. But I think as I was reflecting on the Lakers this morning and thinking about it, I'm just, all I could think about is LeBron James and LeBron James sitting there every day thinking about 2020 and all that has happened in the world and the things that he cares about and thinking about basketball and making a statement and being a symbol, a positive symbol for 2020, because we don't have many positive symbols. But if you can picture this really kind of crappy period in the history of the world happening, but NBA actually continues without a, without any 
uh, blips and the playoffs happen and everyone, the ratings are going up because people are at home and people are enjoying basketball and watching the games. But can like imagining throughout all this LeBron holding up a trophy and winning this and having putting the Lakers on his back. I think that's very, very likely. And I think just that's something that LeBron is very, very focused on. From my perspective, he's a competitor. That's why this first matchup is so awesome. I just am so thrilled thrilled about it, and I haven't stopped. I talked about Kawhi on the Clippers side. I haven't stopped with LeBron on the Lakers side when it comes to cards, so I'm going to talk about a big boy purchase I made there in weekly purchases. But man, and I've got the Pacers on Saturday. They're playing the 76ers, and obviously the 76ers, you all know my feelings on them. I got love for you, Philly, but man, I really would like the Pacers to take out the 76ers in the first game. I will be cheering. I'll be wearing my Pacers gear. I'll be shouting boom baby to the rafters. I Victor playing, who knows, but I can't wait. This is a really, really good team, and that's a really, really fun matchup. Oh, man, and as we're thinking about this, I think the one thing to really consider is just the fact that we should all, as we think about the playoffs, my perspective is that a majority, you're not, it's going to be really hard to, you're going to have to pick and choose your spots if you're still buying right now. I think the market is only going to go up from this point. And so you've got to be sure, or you've got to be really confident and lean into your sports knowledge. If you're going to invest in people at this time, just because the prices are so crazy. So I think like the way to look at it is, as I talk about a lot, it's just investing in those the skill situation and intangibles and moments. Those are the things you want to be thinking about if you're making buys right now over like events. Like an events is like, oh, the NBA is back. I'm going to start investing. Or, oh, the playoffs are started. I'm going to start investing. I think that that that's a perspective I, I have kind of picked up on the hobby is that there's two forms of content and analysis on sports cards. You've got content that is focused on buying and selling because of events. Like, oh, these cards, you know, sold 2x on eBay last week and now this is the hot card. Oh, like the sales analysis or the fact that, oh, there's this new documentary coming out or the playoffs are happening. That content to me should be classified as flipping advice. Oh, you should know about these events because the cards are going to spike so you can buy them and then sell them. A majority of the content I I hear is called investing advice, but majority of it is this reactive like, oh, I saw that Netflix is doing this documentary or I saw that Space Jam is coming out or I saw that, you know, these are the hottest cards based on eBay sales. So I'm going to put out content for that. That's fine, but that's that's more like flipping, flipping advice. Now, content that is focused on product or player analysis over a set period, that to me is true investing, investment content and investment advice. I think both have a place in the hobby. They certainly do, but I think the the former or excuse me, the latter of that on the the content focus on product and player analysis over set period, I think that's harder to find. And that's the content I'm searching for because I'm in this game for the long haul. That's what I'm here for. And I think that's too where you start to separate these people on the mic, people on the YouTube. You start to separate them because you got to think like if you're coming at this from a perspective as someone who's spending their time to get advice on this, there's a chance you probably have some knowledge on sports. So just test that when you're listening to them talk. Listen to the words they're saying and how they're describing the players. Are they doing the work? Do they have a passion about this? You should be able to assess that. 
And that's fine. If they're just a majority of these people are just disguising themselves as people that are, you know, have sports knowledge, but are just providing flipping advice based on things that they're reading. That's fine. That has a place. But I think those are two things to separate. Everything right now is clumped together, and that's what drives me insane about navigating content in this hobby. Everybody's doing investment stuff. It's not all the same. And I think, you know, I think about the market, I think about education, and I think about all these things from a segmented perspective. When you're able to segment different pieces of a market, you can begin to get very, very personalized with how you approach those people. It's about talking to people and If you're spending your time creating content and they're listening, you want that to jive because you want them to come back. I think there's a lot of hit, like people hitting and runs. I do it all the time. I go up to a YouTube page. I'm like, all right, this is just like all the other ones. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to be YouTube famous or they're just trying to give proactive or reactive advice when they're positioning it as proactive. I think we can all start getting really, really serious about content and think about segmentation, we'll all be a little bit better. And that's fine. I hope you all are doing that right now by picking and choosing the content that you're consuming, picking and choosing stacking slabs. Hell, you're spending time listening to me talk. And I do appreciate that. And your feedback on what I'm doing is certainly important. If the feedback that I received consistently was negative and that was off, I probably would be rethinking how I did this podcast and rethinking the way I do content. But it's positive and it's people like me that are back into the hobby trying to figure this out. So that's one thing I think that's super important is just making sure that as you're consuming content, think about it. Is this flipping content, which is fine if it is, or is this long-term investing content? Like I think there's separation there. So I think I talked a lot about just opportunities and how I I don't think there might be a lot of great opportunities because of prices right now going into the playoffs. So at the end of this episode, the piece I want you all to leave with, and this is, again, it's not by these guys. This is my all NBA outside the bubble team. Okay. So these are like my buys or the things that I'm thinking of that maybe not a lot of people are looking at right now because these players aren't in the bubble. So remember, turn left when the market is going right. So Grabbing future new era and hobby guys, I think is one of those things in the topics that I'm really thinking about right now. I think there are guys like Tatum, Luca, Trey, Ja, Zion. You got to buy on their futures, okay? It's okay to miss their price point, and we've all done it. I think, you know, my conversations, people buying Luca a year ago, of course, we'd all like to be on that train right now, but that doesn't mean and that doesn't discount you from wanting to make a Luca purchase. I think you just have to put things into perspective. If you think that these main guys like Luca, Tatum, Trey, Ja, Zion, if you think these guys are the type of guys that are going to have a long-term future in the league and they're going to be perennial all-stars and they might win some championships, I think it's completely okay to buy at their current price point. We can't all hit when everyone else hits. And so I think That's something I've been thinking a lot about and just allocating my funds. I don't ever view the opportunity of missing a player. I think it's just looking at them long-term. And if it's, hey, I'm going to spend $300 on a Luka card right now, 
then my hope is that he is going to be a generational player and he is going to be the type of a guy that's going to see sustainable value in the hobby. So that $300 at the time might seem like a lot on, let's say, a second year card that could easily jump to 600 bucks, slab it up, we're at a thousand, whatever once those big moments in time happen. So I don't want anyone to feel discouraged that you think you've missed the boat on some of these players. You haven't if you believe that these players are going to continue to be the future of the NBA. I hope you all liked the DFS conversation from last week. That's something that I'm going to try to bake in a little bit more, in, especially when it comes to football, because I think that there's such a synergy and connection point. And I do think that a lot of people that are entering the um, reentering the hobby are going to associate and align their, their football purchases with what's happening in fantasy or DFS. Talking about football, I missed this one, but when I was absorbing content, I was able to see this on vacation. Mosaic football, the debut, 9-11. Man, I'm fired up about that. I think it's, I don't know why I didn't think about it, but I think it's inevitable just the success Panini has seen with Mosaic Basketball. Why not redirect that into football? And I think these elements of similar product, like a Mosaic edition after all these new people in the hobby rip Mosaic Basketball, I think those are very, very smart moves by Panini because that is what's going to get people to buy football cards. I think that making things, making cards and making sets that people who are new to the hobby already know and have knowledge on, I think is smart. So I will be participating in the Mosaic football purchasing. I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm definitely going to get some, obviously, because I've been talking a lot about football and Mosaic basketball continues to uh, grow to grow on me week over week. I think that the sets in the way it's constructed look very, very similar just on a quick glance to basketball. So I think that's something we can all get really, really excited about. Something that I was really, really excited about while I was sitting on the beach and staring at Lake Hubert while I was on vacation was a text I received from my brother that a mega box of optic basketball just hit his doorstep and he was getting ready to rip it. And I think, let me back up a little bit. So he texted me and said, you know, everyone's finding these optic megas. There's got to be ones on eBay that, you know, we could maybe split. And so we're not losing our butts in wax, but we're also getting putting our nostalgia goggles on, feeling the love of that rip. And that is like what he did. He found out Omega. I think it I think we ended up paying, God, 45 bucks a piece on it. So it's like maybe 90 bucks. And he was like, I'm gonna buy this Mega and then let's when you get back, let's rip it. And so I said, cool quick paying them 45 bucks. The box are, I thought, you know, well, if there's just the two of us, it might be fun instead of just splitting up packs. It's just, let's put the 30 teams out on a list and let's flip a coin or do a randomizer to see who gets the first pick. And then we'll do a draft. And so then when any of those cards come up, then those cards will be ours on those teams. So right out of the gates, he said, is it okay if I get the Mavericks because I'm hunting for second year Lucas and you can have the Lakers because he knew I was big into LeBron Lakers cards. And I said, that's fair. Let's do it. Of course, he gets the first pick. He goes Pelicans. I go Grizzlies. And my strategy was... 
I think my next pick was the Bulls, and then it was less focused on the rookies and more focused on like, I picked the Clippers early and it was like, and so it was fun because we just kind of like went through and we had, at the, by the end of it, we just had 15 teams. And so we had the 15 teams and the box came early and he said, what do you want to do? And I said, well, I'm going to sit on the beach. Let's FaceTime. We already got the team set out and you can just rip the pack. And boy, that was, we hit it hard and we hit it big. It was a great freaking mega box. We both won on it, which was super cool. That doesn't happen very often, but I think it was one of those such a positive experience and it was so much fun. It was like, all right, I got to do this again at some point. But I think that's, and I'm going to tell you what we got out of it, but I think the important thing is I think there's always opportunities in different scenarios. You just, and to split up with people and, you know, split hobby boxes, do breaks. There's just, it's the opportunities endless. You just got to like find the right people to do it with. And I think like it's motivation for me to think about, all right, well, how can we maybe do a hobby box of this and then maybe get three people in, but don't run it like a break, but just run it for ourselves. So I think there's so many opportunities in there as wax prices go up. I think it's just thinking a little bit outside the box. But anyways, he, of course, like one of the first packs, he got the Zion. So he got the optic Zion. Then he got a RJ Barrett purple prism, my house, which was cool. And I was like, all right, am I going to get anything here? I hope I do. And oh, he also got a Tyler Hero. So he got a, his big cards were Zion, uh, Purple Prism Barrett, and Tyler Hero. Solid. Like that would be solid if that was like the Mega. But then I got a Jaw so that we hit a Zion and a Jaw in the Mega, which was freaking awesome. I couldn't, when I saw. And they were both uh, back cards. So when he opened the pack, we saw the Williamson. Then when I saw Moran, I couldn't freaking believe it. But then the fun happened when we opened up the pink hyper packs. And he opened up the first one, nothing. And then as he was opening up the second one, I just said, let there be a LeBron in here. And sure enough, (laughs) this second card LeBron pink hyper and it is fire like I I couldn't believe it like if Luca was the only guy we basically didn't hit you know and I maybe a Kobe white but we, that was a hell of a mega box for you know 90 bucks we got a Zion jaw Tyler hero purple prism bear at my house and pink hyper LeBron and you know there's been a lot of people talking about I think it might have been Ed Cahill and one of his breaks or something but he was talking about like, it's not just about the rookies. And I couldn't agree with that more. Like these cards, they're extending beyond the rookies right now. And guys like LeBron and guys like Luca, if you can get the, their cards, especially numbered or, you know, parallels, like those cards are money. And that's how we should all be approaching the hobby. So I am really excited about that break and excited to get those cards from him because those are going to be going to PSA or BGS. Speaking of BGS, I will say this. I received a phone call while I was on vacation. I ignored it twice. It was from Dallas. Then I got the voicemail that said, hey, this is Andrew from BGS. I have a couple questions about your order. And I was like, I sent him the order like two months ago and they're just processing now, which is fine. It is what it is. But I realized on the form that I might've checked a box twice. And I think that caused a little hiccup, but it was cool. They called me. I actually got a touch point. I said, I'm sorry for being an idiot, not paying attention. 
I told them, yes, I want these cards numerically graded. I think there, whatever I checked was there was a question on that. So if you're grading with Beckham, make sure you're filling out the form right because I didn't. But thankfully, they called me. So that was cool. Also, too, I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Andy. I got a lot of positive feedback on the sports card investigator. Again, just puts another lens on the hobby and making sure that we all are staying vigilant when we're consuming content. And I really enjoyed that conversation. So make sure you go check out his channel and subscribe. Today's episode of Stacking Slabs, again, is sponsored by unofficially by Bang. Star Blast is the flavor, potent brain and body fuel. Getting me going as I am adjusting back into Eastern time. I know Central, it's just one. But yeah, I'm uh, vacation. I'm, I'm just trying to get through this and I'm trying to do it in a positive way and be fueled. And Bang is always here when I need it. So shout out to Bang. I will say I tried a new flavor while I was on vacation. I'm going to take a quick sip. I tried out Pina Colada and yes, it gave me the same kick. No crash, but it did taste like vacation, which is what I was going for. So. If you're on vacation or you need a vacation and you want to be fueled, go check out the pina colada flavor of Bang. I promise you, it'll keep you fueled. It will, you'll have no crash and you'll be ready to go. And you might feel a little relaxed after it because it, the taste of that sip of that might remind you of uh, the beach and being out in the sun. Go check out Bang. I'm seeing them everywhere. Walmart, Target, they all got deals. It's a, a no-brainer. You can find Stacking Slabs on all your social media channels. Hit that follow button. Slide into my DMs. I love it. It makes this podcast so much fun. So make sure you're doing that. All right, we're giving away some cards. We are giving away some cards. We've been This giveaway has been just forever. So I am really happy that we're finally doing this. So the cards that we're giving away, I've talked about this. I've got them in my hands. I'm looking at them. We've got a Chris Paul Prism Silver or Green Silver from this year. It's a great card. Got a Tyler Hero and Kobe White Mosaic debut. We've got an Optic Seku Demboye. You know how I feel about him. But then we've got a lot of packs. So here's the packs. We've got 18-19 hoops. We've got 19-20 hoops. We've got 20 optic football. We've got 19 prism football and we've got 1920 mosaic and those the prism and the mosaic are cello pack so all you had to do last week was just shoot me a review or shoot me a message about who you're you're buying into right now and why and so i am going to find the winner here the winner of the contest and i'm going to actually read his response because He actually wrote a review and he sent me a um, very positive response. So shout out to 515 Sports Cards on Instagram. So go check out 515 Sports Cards on Instagram page. And I'm going to read you what he said. He said, I'm buying up Jalen Brown and Donovan Mitchell in basketball. I think they both have great potential and are still undervalued. In football, I'm buying Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Adams has a prism 2014 rookie and Rodgers has a chance at another ring. Baseball, he's going after Flaherty. Okay, he's a big Cardinals fan, and although he's a pitcher, which is risky, has a good chance of being an ace for a year. Hopefully, I'm entered in your contest. Enjoy your vacation. You are entered in the contest, and 515, who I'm looking back on some previous communications we've had. His name is Ben. Glad I found that. Ben, you are not only entered, but you are the winner, pal. So if you're hearing this, 
definitely slide back into my DMs. Give me your address. I'll ship this out to you. And that's all you have to do is be a listener and engage on Stacking Slabs and you can win some cards. And definitely, dude, after you rip these packs, I'd love to see what you got. And I'll share that out so everyone can know this is a full circle. I'm going to always be doing giveaways because I want to give back to you as a listener. No gimmick. I'm not doing it to, I don't do giveaways to drive new people to subscribe or listen. That's cool. What I care most about are the people that are been here from day one that are listening. I want to make sure you always have shots at cool stuff. And there's going to be more of that going on. So shout out Ben, 515 Sports Cards, first winner. Um, Really, really good stuff there. So content shout outs. My boy Jordan, who is going to be on Jordan at Sport Card Analytics. I'm doing the conversation with him. Listen on first. Friday. It's going to be fun. We've been going back and forth for some time now. I respect his game. It's going to be good. He had a good conversation with Chris, my other buddy from House of Jordans. That is something where, again, sports first. That is, they have a sports conversation that has led into a conversation about cards. Really good. Go check it out on Jordan's channel. Wrestling with cards. So, want to shout out wrestling with cards it's another youtube channel i just came across and it's funny there is as on morning on twitter him and i have been back and forth for a while and didn't even realize he had a channel about wrestling cards but that is certainly something that i'm digging into and you should all check it out if you have any interest in wrestling cards and another new one my brother shared this with me most of you probably been watching him because I have not. I don't know. I was just in the dark on him. But go check out Andy, who's at Fantasy Football Card Quest on YouTube. I like Andy because he is very thoughtful when it comes to the fantasy and card intersection and using advanced analytics to project and predict football players for this year. You know that's something I like to talk about. So go check out his page. It was um, only a second that I got sucked into it when I was watching one of his videos and he started talking about Jalen Hurts. And you all know what I think about Jalen Hurts. I think he's awesome and I think he's eventually going to get a chance in Philadelphia. But he talked about Carson Wentz getting hurt, which is, I hate it. Philly, I'm sorry. It's Carson Wentz. I, I uh, It's undeniable. He just can't stay healthy. So I think Jalen Hurts is a type of guy that is exciting. The city can get behind. If he gets his shot, he could blow up. But Jalen Hurts is someone that I'm very, very interested in. And I think that's someone immediately that Andy, Fantasy Football Card Quest, shout out on. So I think I'm going to be listening to more of his stuff. I just want to say wrestling, Chris Jericho is just having himself a career he is just killing me i think my recommendation is just go watch anything chris jericho right now from his matches his match with Shawn michaels at wrestlemania is certainly something you're gonna want to consider the night he beat the rock and stone cold in the same night to become the first undisputed champion that's something you might want to look up anything he's done so far in aew you could go on and on wcw you can go uh stampede wrestling old school he has been around he's He's 49 years old. He is having one of the best careers ever. But man, he killed me last week on Dynamite. And then he jumped on commentary. I think he got orange juice from Orange Cassidy put all over him. But just he's calling himself the demo god right now because of the demographic of wrestler or fans that watch wrestling. And I just think it's just so funny and he's so good. So I just want to shout out Chris freaking Jericho. All right. I'm making another playlist. So go check out the show notes of this page 
Go check out those playlists on Apple or Spotify. Hopefully you're streaming music on both. I've gotten some feedback. People are enjoying some good tunes. And I think it's just been so fun for me to dig in and build those playlists. I love building playlists. So go support some black musicians. Go listen to some music. And if you like what you hear, go support them. Purchase their music. All right. So I think I have been having this realization recently that when you're investing in a player, the true moment where it starts to get serious is when you buy their silver prism. I think that to me is that moment where it's like, all right, we went on a a few dates, seeing how it goes. And now it's like, all right, I want you to have dinner with my parents. That's that moment when you're buying that silver prism. So I think uh, that's just something I've been reflecting on in just my own buying habits and how I've been operating. I think, you know, those silver prisms, they're just such gems and they are the standard in the market right now. And I think if I say I'm getting serious on with someone, you better believe I've got their silver prism cards. And speaking of which, my mind was almost blown. I looked at the sales for Seiku PSA 10 Silver Prism and they are hitting $300, which is unbelievable to me. So I can't believe we're hitting that point and man, it just blows my mind where he's not even playing. People that aren't stacking slabs or some other people are probably talking about him at this point and that's why his cards are jumping. But I am glad what I bought when I did and I think hoarding cards of a certain player can be very, very therapeutic. It's a good way to be, build a fan player to fan relationship. I think there's digital components like Instagram stories, TikTok, you name it, where we are more closely tied to these players than ever before. So I think Hoarding players, it's the way the hobby works right now, and I like it. But man, silver prisms are going to cost you a lot. But at least know that once you do that, things are getting serious. All right, mail day. So I had a wild mail day because... I hadn't been around all week and I ordered a bunch of cards before I headed out on vacation, but here we go. So I mentioned LeBron. Of course, LeBron is someone that I am not stopping buying, especially in his Lakers gear. I had a big boy purchase. I bought LeBron 2018 Optic Hollow PSA 9 for $400. So this was his first hollow in the Lakers gear. I The hollows are cards that are continuing to trend upward. And I just picture LeBron winning and the value that a card like this is getting. And the, what I did too to just verify my purchase I went into Card Ladder, shout out Card Ladder, go check out Card Ladder, follow Card Ladder. I looked at if they had this card in Card Ladder, and they did, they had the 10. So I think there's always ways that you can draft off of what the 10 is doing if you're in the market for a 9. And it's pretty, there's consistent patterns with how a 9 responds based on what a 10 is doing. And honestly, I that's something that I want to talk about more. I don't necessarily have the data and knowledge set to go chop that up for 30 minutes or whatever. So I'm going to look and bring someone on the show so we can talk about this. But a year ago, the PSA 10 was $356. Okay, so I just bought the nine a year later for 400. Okay. So one year ago it was 356. Three months ago, the PSA 10 hollow jumped to 1200. Okay. One month ago, and this is where it's, it's sitting right now, that PSA 10 LeBron 18 Optic Hollow is at $1,800, okay? So I thought, from my perspective, if the 10 is at $1,800 right now, getting in on a PSA 9 at 400 is a steal, especially if 
LeBron James is getting into the playoffs right now and he could win some. So you see how I'm operating when I'm making these types of decisions. So to me, anything LeBron, no brainer. Another big purchase I made is I got in and I, I've been talking about receivers a lot, but man, I got in on the Kyler Murray train. The one card that came this week was a 2019 Panini Select tri-color prism of Mr. Murray, serial numbered 160 to 199. I bought that for $279. Okay, first of all, the card rules. It's beautiful. I think it hits on the rookie card of a young emerging talent. It's a gorgeous card. It's slabbed up. It's a 10. It's serial numbered. It's a prism like check, 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 check. Like if I'm qualifying purchases, like I sat there forever Ever. And the silver prism of Kyler and attends a thousand bucks right now, which that seems crazy to me, but that card is only going to jump. And I think I, I was like, man, I, I'm not ready to spend a thousand dollars on Kyler Murray right now. I do believe what can I do? And I was like trying to navigate. And I think just select is a product that has a lot of growth potential in it. I think anything serial numbered, anything slabbed up, anything that's a 10 of these top hobby guys, if you can get it for under 300 bucks, depending on the player, I think it's worth it. And man, this Kyler Murray card just really checked a lot of boxes for me. And so that's why I jumped on it. And that's something like, and this is totally fine to just buy Prism and Prism Silver. I think that's fine. It really is. But I think you will find a lot of opportunity getting in on Select and some of these serial numbered cards at this point let me say this right now there is no way and you can take this and throw it in my face if it happens there's no way in my mind that 270 dollars i spent i'm gonna lose any i'm not it's only gonna go up so to me that's the way i buy cards and make an investment so i'm really excited to be in the kyla murray game in a big way so also i know i talked about him but my undertaker cards came in I said, sorry, I said Spanish when I was talking about this Merlins, 91 Merlins. They are actually Italian. So there is the Italian cards and then there's the classic cards. So I got two Italians. I've got the Undertaker, one of the, I think there's eight in an eight. It's He's standing gray gloves in the center of the ring. I'll post these so you can all see them. And then the other is an 8-5 Beckett, which is the Undertaker standing in the center of the ring with Paul Bear in the urn. My goodness, it's awesome. And then I also got the American 91 Classic Undertaker, and I didn't notice this until I actually got the card in my hand. But boy, is it cool. It is the Undertaker beaten on tugboat. And you can see Brother Love, a.k.a. Bruce Pritchard in the corner because he was the Undertaker's debut first manager. So, man, that is a cool card. There's so much opportunity in wrestling cards. I'm going to make an episode sometime soon on it. But boy, I am excited about those. I got 10 DeAndre Hopkins Chrome, Topps Chrome rookie cards for $60. I thought that was the steal of the century. I got them in hand. They all look like they're in really good shape and I'm going to send them all in. So that was a cool lot. Got to buy, bought a lot on a guy and a player. So if Kyla Murray's doing well, my guess is DeAndre Hopkins is going to be doing well too. I got my air holiday train came in. I got six holiday silvers, hyper and a select silver concourse. Like I said, I was buying those silvers for 14 bucks a pop. And those have jumped up. I got a last three Hollywood Brown, Hollywood Brown, hollow auto numbered 51 to 75 for 26 bucks. That was a great deal. Field level select for nine and a blue prism concourse serial numbered to 175 for 13. I am getting ready to get my 
submission, next submission group together. And I've got a lot of guys that I've talked about a lot here, but I'm not sure other people are is crazy on. But I think that's the fun of it. So I've got 25 Hollywood Brown cards, 12 Aaron Holiday cards, and 12 DK Metcalf cards. I love prospecting. And these are cards that I believe in and I'm going to send in and get slabbed. This is such a fun process. All right, let's jump into the final seg. And this is the one thing that I'm really, really fired up to talk about. This whole show's been fun, but man, I spent a little time on this. Get a little bang ski before I I deliver it here. All right, so... I think everyone right now is focused on basketball. People have been focused on basketball for a very, very long time. I think right now, more than ever, people are trying to pick and choose their spots on players and teams that might do something in the playoffs. I'm doing it. We're all doing it. I think it we're a little late in the game, but I think, you know, things like buying, spending a little money and buying a LeBron card that I've done a lot of research on and seen the trends of a 10 and spending the money. I think that's where you're going to pick and choose your spots. You're going to have to do some research. But I think one thing that I haven't heard anyone talk about and what I want to talk about today are who are the players, who are five players that are outside the bubble right now who it might be worth your time to not be thinking about inside the bubble, but be thinking about the outside the bubble. So as I prepared for this episode, I created my starting five of the all NBA outside the bubble team. And my criteria and qualifications for this This isn't here are the best players. This isn't here are the best buys. This is just based on my analysis on the market, their card prices, what I think about what their their role is going to be on their teams next year. All of these things that I consider when I buy long term, I put into this one. So starting off, not a big shocker, but a guy that I've been waiting on and now I just jumped in head first and now I'm buying him up. But again, he's one of those hobby guys that is going to be attached to the success of the hobby for a long time. And that is Trey Young. So I picked put Trey Young on this list because of what I talked about at the top is that prices of these guys probably likely will never go down. So if you're going to get and you want a piece of a, a one of those these hobby hype guys like a Trey Young, then you better get in now. And so that's my thoughts are okay, so now might be the time to do it, especially when Trey Young's not playing and everybody else is playing and because I know the second that kid steps back on the floor next year, his prices are just going to jump. So I've been spending a lot of time on Trey Young and made some purchases. But I think just thinking about this kid, okay? So he's 21 years old, right? He is in his second year. He started in the All-Star game. His numbers are, I think, 29 points a game, four four, uh, rebounds and nine assists. So that, let's say, he's about about a 30 and 10 guy, which is crazy in his second year. So I think like he's a guy that has the ball in his hands every play. He everything is running through Trey Young. I think he can score the ball like crazy. People knock his defense, but that doesn't matter in the hobby. What matters are just people that are balling out who are in the all-star game, who are scoring points. I saw this kid play the Pacers this year, and I thought he was. There's a couple people in my my fantasy league that had hyped him up quite a bit. I had watched him here and there, hadn't watched a ton of them, but I was like, man, this guy's been overhyped. I thought that, and then I watched this kid play the Pacers earlier in the year at Bankers Life Fieldhouse and watched him rip 49 points on us like it was nothing. I mean, this kid can score the ball like nothing. I've heard, you know, some Steph Curry comparisons, which I think is interesting. 
But yeah, I think his situation might not be the best right now. Maybe it is. I think it's really an enigma because they've got all this young talent. I know they they couldn't stay healthy this year. Yeah, the John Collins situation. But I think for me, I think about Trey Young, not just as an Atlanta Hawk, but I think about him, what is life like outside of Atlanta? Don't want to scare any Hawks fans, but it's a trend in what's happening in the NBA right now. I think the players operate in clusters and go to these places where they can team up with other guys and win championships. And Atlanta's not the proving spot for that right now. So I think it's 2022-23, he's a restricted free agent. So I think that's something just investing now people can need to start considering is what does that next contract look like? It can be in Atlanta and they could be, you know, a top four team in the East because their pieces have all come together and everyone's happy. Or Trey could continue to be a 30 and 10 guy, miss the playoffs. And then it's like, man, I got to start winning some games and go somewhere else. So either way it goes, I think he is a player that I'm interested in. I bought his... Prism 10, PSA 10, I bought one of them. I hate all of you who bought that card when it was, you know, sub 150 and were buying those cards early. Uh, Hats off to you. I wasn't in the card game. I think about this. If I was in the card game when these prices were happening, what would my knowledge transfer over to making the right purchases? That's something that's always running through my head. But I spent $345, I know. But I just had to have it. The other thing is, is I bought a lot of three Trey Young Optic Raws for 75 So 25 bucks a card. Like I hadn't seen that. The cards look like they're in good shape. So I'm going to pick and choose my spots. I love Trey Young's cards. The next guy, he's a New York Nick, but he's not RJ Barrett. So Iggy. So Ignis Brasdikas is a guy that I am looking at right now for so many reasons. So this guy, I think, caught my eye when he played at Michigan. He was the freshman of the year, his freshman year at Michigan. I know this because I watch a lot of Big Ten basketball. Obviously, I'm in the IU market. Big Ten is always on here in Indianapolis. So I watch a ton of Big Ten hoops. So he caught my eye just because he was a 6'6 forward. He can move around a little bit. And he's the type of forward that I think that is can somewhat create his own shot inside the perimeter. And he he can knock it down. And I think, you know, his situation, the Knicks are terrible. They need talent. I think he had a really, really good G League. Um, I was looking up his G League numbers, 20 points, seven rebounds, three assists. That's really, really solid. And one of the stats that I actually was able to dig into and pulled, he shot 50% from the field. And then 65% of those shots that he made were unassisted. So I think that's interesting, right? That tells me that he can create his own shot. I think Lord knows the Knicks could use 6'6 six, six forwards that can create their own shot. I mean, who knows what's happening with Kevin Knox and just the bench and ugh, what a terrible situation. I think his cards right now, you can buy an Iggy Silver for 10 bucks. It's like, to me, it's like, why not? Like, I'm willing to take a little risk and spend, you know, maybe 50 bucks on five Iggy Silvers. And if he doesn't play, I'll eat it. And that's like a daily fantasy lineup that I got that got smashed and didn't see any ROI on. Or I could take a chance on him and see some big returns. I like the way he plays. Go check out his stats out on YouTube or his videos out on YouTube. There's some highlights out there. I think Scott from Starstock is talking about Iggy. He is a New York guy and a Nick fan. That's got to be painful, but he's the only person I've heard talk about him. So go check him out. The next one is a little more popular pick. I think maybe somewhat popular, but I think just looking through his numbers and looking at where his cards are, are crazy. So I think 
He is in his second year, so he's part of that second year group. He averaged 18 points, three rebounds, seven assists this year. Okay. He is from his rookie year, he went from a four, 14 minutes to 35 minutes, and he's shooting in his second year 37% from the three point line. And here is the one stat that I thought was the most interesting. When the games, when play stopped, there were seven players in the NBA that were averaging. 18 and 7. Okay. James Harden, LeBron James, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Kyle Lowry, and this other guy. Guesses? All right. Devontae Graham on Charlotte. Okay. So this guy, I think, again, another guy that I've watched play the Pacers and score like mad. He's had several good games. So he's been on my radar. Um, the, the interesting part about him is it's like he's got those assist numbers, but with not a great supporting cast in Charlotte and the way they play the game is just very slow. And so he's able to get these numbers in a situation that's not necessarily favorable. He's up for potentially most improved player. Um, Again, he's a guy that probably if he continues this trek, and let me also say this, he, like he's filled the shoes of Kimba Walker, who was the guy there. And then, you know, Terry Rozier experiment, you know, you can say what you want, but Devontae Graham has stepped in there and had a, an exceptional year in a really, really tough spot. And so I love that about him. And I think his cards, I think it was, did I see this right? It might be about 30 bucks for a uh, silver raw. I think that to me, that's pretty decent on a guy that I don't really expect to be in Charlotte forever. I know Charlotte isn't the sexiest market out there. But again, a guy like Graham could continue the production he does and ends up on a winning team and really see his cards jump. So Devontae Graham is another one I like. The next guy I think is a reactionary pick of another guy that I don't like. And I don't like him because I don't like him as a player. I just think his cards are too high. And that's Kobe White. So it's not Kobe White, but it's his teammate, Wendell Carter Jr. I think Wendell Carter Jr. is going to continue to benefit from a guy like Kobe White being on the floor. And I think his cards right now there wasn't a lot of sales for his raw silver. I think his PSA 10 silver sold recently for 70 bucks. So take that into consideration. He's a big guy, locker room leader type, both ends of the floor. He's maturing. He's still young, 11 and nine. Could see those numbers jump a little bit, but he's going to be the type of guy that's going to see uh, his production increase with Kobe White being on the floor. Kobe White as a distributor and as a scorer, there inevitably he's going to get Wendell Carter Jr. more involved in that Bulls offense. So that's who I like and why I like him. I like him as a player, but I like him even more playing around Kobe White. And then finally, rounding out this one is a player we all know and love. And it's kind of crazy he's not playing in the playoffs, but it is Steph Curry. And the reason it is Steph Curry is because I think his PSA 9 rookie card is undervalued right now. So in between, I think I saw sales in between 580 and 650 over the last two weeks. That is cheap. That is cheap for Steph Curry, who is the best three-point shooter, one of the best scorers in NBA history. And man, Steph Curry is only going to continue to move the needle back when he comes back next year and balls out. I miss Steph Curry. I think he's one of the most exciting players of the last 10 to 15 years. I think his PSA 9 is freaking undervalued right now. 
and if you're going to want to make a big boy or big girl purchase, man, that Steph Curry is on my list. So Trey Young, Iggy, Devontae Graham, Wendell Carter, Steph Curry, PSA 9. That is my all-NBA outside the bubble team. What do you think? Who's on your all-NBA outside the bubble team? Definitely shoot me those notes. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star review. Hit the follow button across social. Tell me what you think about the episode. I really appreciate you listening. Make sure you're taking care of yourself and your house. Happy collecting. Happy investing. We'll talk to you again real, real soon.